Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This next pitch is bounced left side. Jung Ho Gong on the first, and he is out at first base. A high throw. Bell went up to get it. Came down on the bag. And for now, we raise the Jolly Roger. And they did raise the Jolly Roger in the end. Today's Pirates postgame brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. As we talk on the pregame show, we keep calling it Groundhog's Day, talking about injuries and defensive woes. Well, now, in a positive way, it feels like Groundhog's Day on the postgame show. Good starting pitching sustains this team again. A shutout victory for Joe Musgrove, and the Pirates are 2-0 winners over the Reds. We're going to get right to breaking it down. Craig Riley, Jack Zarensic alongside me, Bob Walk joining us here in the postgame. And, Bob, the pitching staff looks scary, that rotation, this first time through. Yeah, this is uh, – I mean, we didn't expect shutouts every day. Nobody does, but uh, – Generally speaking, I think everybody expected the starting rotation to be a strength of this team, uh, you know, a, a nice foundation that you can, you know, build the rest of it off of. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, but, you know, they were good last year. And uh, there was no reason, I think, to expect anything less this season. As long as everyone stays healthy, they're going to do a pretty good job. Uh, it's not going to be all shutouts and, you know, one run here, two runs there. Um, but for the most part, uh they're going to be better most nights than the other guys are. You know, Bob, when you think of the staff, I mean, everybody, you knew you had a good one in Tyon. You knew Williams was a good one. Uh, obviously, uh, Archer coming over. But if you can continue to get what we saw out of these last two guys, your fourth and fifth starter possibly going forward, I mean, the, the last two nights, in addition to what we've already seen, does that complement your entire staff? I mean, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I I expected this out of Musgrove. I mean, this is how Musgrove pitched last year for the most part. Um, you know, it's the fifth spot. I think is a question mark for everybody. Is you know what what's going to happen there? And uh, I, I don't think we can get a true answer to that in, until we're you know at least a month or, or so into the season, and then you know we'll we'll know uh, you know exactly how good is Lyles. Is he going to be able to uh, you know join that group and and really go out there on on any given night and be able to shut down the other team. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, it, if we, we can play good defense behind these guys, kind of like we did, uh, you know, tonight, there was a couple of, of just brilliant plays out there. Uh, you know, I thought that, that that play where Eric dove to his right, almost kind of dove out into left field, flat out, caught that, uh, you know, hard smash, and then was able to bounce out and make a perfect throw. Uh, you know, that's the kind of defense you're going to get out of your shortstop. Uh, you know, that's going to be great. Last time I was just sitting here talking with you guys, we were talking about that one hopper that he had missed. And, uh, you know, since then, uh, he's made uh, a number of great plays. Pirates broadcaster Bob Walk joining us here on Pirates postgame. Bob, we heard Clint Hurdle talk in the pregame about momentum and how it can impact a pitching staff. When I think of momentum, I think it, it takes a while to build that. But is it possible these five guys have already established that, all right, you one-up me now? Well, 
I don't know. I'm not a big momentum guy for baseball. It's not like another sport. Uh, you know, there's the, the famous, you know, saying in baseball, old wives' tale or what. It, it's, you know, your only momentum is only as good as next, uh, you know, tomorrow's starting pitcher. And that's the truth. If your starting pitcher comes in and does a, a good job, well, then uh, you got a good chance to, to win the ball game. It doesn't matter if you're a poor team or, a, you know, a, a you know, a team like the Red Sox were last year, it, it, it's all about that starting pitching. And, uh, you know, the, if you get a good start, then whatever happened the night before doesn't really make, uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, a, whole, a whole lot of difference. It's a, it's a literally a new ball game every single night. Well, one thing you and I were talking about before we came on the air here is the pitching staff looks great, but it's a lot against Reds lineup. So is it the Pirates are making the Reds look bad, or are the Reds making the Pirates look good, or a little bit of both, maybe? Here? I, I would go with a little bit of both. You know, I, uh, I'm not taking anything away from the Pirates uh, pitching at all. As I've just, you know, we talked the first couple of minutes here about, you know, how good I think they are, and that they're going to be the strength of the team, and this and that. But uh, the Reds right now, they're scuffling a little bit with the bats. Uh, they're, they're looking bad up there. Um, I think they got shut out. Uh, by the Brewers in their last game before they came here. So that, there's three three games in a row now they've been shut out. I mean, that's that's a team that's uh, really scuffling, you know, with the bats on offense. So uh, we're in, they're in a ballpark right now that's a fair ballpark. It's not a band box like the one they play in, uh, especially on a night like tonight where it's cool and the wind's blowing in. So uh, it's going to take a real blast to get any home runs out. So right now, uh, you know, I, I, we've got two more games to play with them, so I'm not going to jinx this by, <laughs> by saying that, it, you know, <laughs> we might get another shutout or anything like that. But uh, to be honest with you, reality is what it is, and, and they aren't swinging the bats very, uh, very well right now. Uh, they got one of their big bats out for a while, Scooter Jeanette. So uh, you can make an argument that we're catching them at the right time. But when you catch somebody at the right time, that's only – it's only half the battle. You still have to go out there. It is Major League Baseball. You still have to go out there and execute and do your job, or it doesn't matter You know if you're playing somebody scuffling or not. You're, you're not going to take advantage. You're not going to win the game. One play I want to get your opinion on, I heard you and Greg talk about it a little bit. Starling Marte is taking a lot of heat for that grounder that Josh Bell hit where he got thrown out at home. Mm -hmm. What did you make of that play? Because a lot of people were saying Marte needed to finish it, but that's easier probably said than done when you see that throw coming home. Well, uh this is the way that, uh, you know, it was taught 30 years ago when I played it. If you have a, you're, you're going on contact play, which I'm going to assume that's what was happening there. If it's uh, right at an infielder and you're going to be out at the plate for sure, then your job is to throw on the brakes and, and get that catcher now to try and chase you back to third and get in some kind of a rundown. You stay alive as long as you can, hopefully make them make at least two, maybe three throws. And now the guy that hit that ground ball is over at second base. So he's in scoring position, so you really haven't lost anything. You made them play a little defense, made them make three or four throws. Maybe they, they might throw one away or something like that. But worst case scenario, you got a, a guy in scoring position that's going to come home on a base hit, which is what you were going to have anyway if you would have played, if you would have played it safe and waited for the ball to get through the infield. Now, when you're running, when you see the play in front of you and that ball's hit right at the infielder and you're running home, you see him turn to throw home, you're like, wow, I'm going to be out by 10, 15 feet. I'm going to throw on the brakes. Well, now you see, oh, it's a horrible throw. It's <laughs> way up the line. 
uh, you know, Barnhart could barely get to it, and 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 now, you know, now you keep going, and now you're out by a small margin, and everybody in the stands and everybody's thinking, wow, if he would have just kept running hard, he would have been safe, easy. More, more to it than just that. So it's more so that Marte was maybe looking to make the heads-up he, play there. Right. He's looking to get in a rundown so that Bell can get to second base. As it turned out, the bad throw home, you know, it, 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 it turned out as a good play, really, for the, for the Reds. But that didn't make any difference. Jungle got up, hit the double, and then bailed everyone. And, out, right? and, and, <laughs> and, and it was all, for, and none of that meant anything. So, well, the last thing we'll get you with here, Bob, is when you draw up what the ideal game looks like. I think it is what you saw from Musgrove, and then with this bullpen getting Keone Kella back to what you sort of expected from him, and then Vasquez looking like Vasquez. Yeah, you had Musgrove going out there and really being aggressive. Um, at one point, he had thrown strike one on 18 of 22 hitters. I mean, he's just constantly getting ahead in the count. I mean, that puts you in a position now to where you can really do a lot of different things, which he did. I thought he threw a couple of nice change-ups early in the game. But the slider, last couple innings, I mean, it didn't matter if he threw it off the plate or threw it, it really almost down the middle. He was getting swings and misses on it. That was a high-character pitch for him tonight. And uh, uh, the the other guys, I thought Keller was uh, really had the, the plus fastball going. Everything was 97, 98. Uh, really looked good. And then uh, Vasquez came in there and maybe didn't have his plus fastball. He's a pitcher. He's got other things he can use. As long as he's got good command, he can get you out a lot of different ways. Uh, tonight, he, uh, I thought, went away with to more of the softer stuff, more of his off-speed stuff, the, the breaking balls to – to get the outs with because he really wasn't throwing 100 miles an hour like he can on some nights. So, uh, yeah, all, all three guys, uh, you know, used what they had and did a great job. And one at bat, one last thing, I know I already said that, but one last thing, one at bat that sort of showed that I thought was the Votto at bat where he backs him off the plate, maybe scares him a little bit, and then gets him swinging into the ball away. Well, I, don't think, I, I don't think Votto, uh, his heart was in that at bat. <laughs> the, the ball that backed him off the plate actually was on the plate. Uh, if you look at the, the strike zone grid, it was high, but it was over the plate. So I think Votto backed himself off the plate there. <laughs> and I uh, wasn't surprised that, uh, uh, you know, he was kind of a reaching swing at a slider after that for strike three. I don't think he really wanted to be there at that moment. So sort of symptomatic of the game as a whole. Is it well, Vasquez Bas- Bas- can do that to some left-hand hitters. Scared believe me. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Bob, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here. Oh, no problem. We'll uh, see you tomorrow. Yep. Pirates postgame brought to you by Shendorovich. Shendorovich and Fishman carries on. Jack, one thing I wanted to ask you about is Sonny Gray, what we saw from him. He had, I mean, it couldn't have been more polar opposite from what we saw from him the first time this year. It was, and that was interesting. You know, we talked about how cold it was in Cincinnati, and some guys adjust differently to colder weather. Maybe he didn't have his hands, uh, you know, were too cold. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why pitchers don't have it on a given day, but Tonight, Sonny Gray looked like the Sonny Gray of old. I didn't expect to see this kind of outing from him. You know, I thought Sonny would be, you know, an up-and-down kind of guy, and maybe that's what he's going to be as the year goes on. But he was very effective. Good, good breaking ball tonight. 16 in a row, I think he retired at one point. I mean, it was an impressive back and forth between him and Musgrove. And then you love to see the Pirates end up getting the better of it and getting that lead. Another sort of ho-hum victory, like we said last night, after two frustrating losses to the Cardinals. So it's nice to see things go that way. Jack, I want to bring in tonight's winning pitcher, though, Joe Musgrove on the line. Joe, the first start of the year, 
But when you combine both your outings, man, what an impressive start to the year overall for you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, you know, it's tough to skip a start and have the anticipation of building up and getting your first start of the year and then having some bad weather and kind of getting that taken away. So um, I, was able, I was glad I was able to get out there and at least get two innings of work in and, um, you know, kind of get that out of my system um, and then have another week to prepare for this start. So I felt really good coming into this. Now, Joe, I don't know if you believe in the idea of momentum or not from the pitching staff. Clint talked about it a little bit before the game. And I had just said to Bob Walk a little bit ago that momentum to me, it feels like it would take a while to build up a few times through. But is it possible that this rotation, you guys are already building that just one time through the rotation now? Yeah, I mean, this is something we started building last year. Um, you know, we talked about it a lot in spring this year about the pitching being the, the strong point of our team this year and about us kind of leading the way. And, um, you know, this is something we went into the off season as starters talking about the fact that we're going to have Arch here for a full season, the addition of Lyles. Um, you know, right out of the gate, we felt like we were picking up right where we left off last year. So it was a really good, uh, really good feeling to be able to go out there and kind of keep the ball rolling. And Pirates starter Joe Musgrove joining us on Pirates post game right now. Joe, we talked earlier in the year and throughout the short season so far about the team being built on this rotation and bullpen looking like two huge strengths the bullpen had its struggles early on but do you, what you saw last night from them and then after what you saw tonight do you uh, you have to still feel comfortable putting the ball in the faith of guys like Keone Kell and Felipe Vasquez to close it out for you absolutely um you know I mean you can't these guys aren't going to be perfect every time out um and it's a real small sample size and to look at them you know giving up two runs or two uh two leads late in the game um you know it might look bad out of the gate because we've had only very few games but um you know these guys did some really special things last year and as starters um we feel extremely confident handing the ball over to anybody that's down there so um you know when we get into june and we're rolling and we have a 21 22 win month um i don't think many people are going to be talking about the two games we blew early in the year yeah i i would 100 percent agree with that now a couple more questions here I have for you, and we'll let you go, Joe. Your expectations for this year, what were they coming in, preparing for the season as a starter right out of the gates? Um, for me, it's, it's to be healthy and to get 32 starts and, um, you know, as close to 200 innings as I can. And it's tough sometimes in the National League to get the 200-inning mark. Um, you know, when you look at getting pinch hit for, if it's a close game, you know, sometimes that third time around you don't get a chance to go back out there because of the opportunity to score runs offensively. Um, so for me, it's to be healthy and be out there for all 32 starts. Um, you know, I got to see Jamison do it last year, and I got to see Trevor. So, um, you know, that's that's what it's all about is being healthy and being able to go out there every, every fifth day and, and, you know, post up your team. And last question here for you, Joe, Joe Musgrove, joining us tonight's Pirates starting pitcher and winner of the game. To prepare for that this off season, was there anything you did differently going into it or just the same sort of stuff you've done in the past? Um, you know, I had the surgery, so this was a different off season than any I've really had. Um, but I really put a lot of focus into my rest and recovery. You know, I've, I've never had a problem uh, being a hard worker. Um, you know, I've tended to work too hard and kind of overwork my body a little bit. So, you know, the six weeks I was down after that surgery was kind of a blessing in disguise for me. It allowed me to, to really sit back and let my body fully recover. Um, and as the, as the offseason went on and I got back into my training, you know, taking the days off when I need them. Um, you know, I used to used to convince myself that I had to be out there every day, out working everybody. And, 
Um, you know, I thought that because I worked hard, I deserved um, success, and it's not necessarily the case. You know, um, you got to work smart, not necessarily work hard, and uh, you know that's something I'm still learning. So, uh, trying to incorporate incorporate that throughout the year. You know, getting my rest in, and something I learned from Archer um, was taking a day off of throwing after a start. You know, and with the off days this year, how many you know working in the extra off days now? We tend to be on a six day rotation, so. Um, you know, you take that one day off after each start, you know, you make 30 plus starts. That's, you know, a full month of throwing that you're removing from your arm over the course of a season. So um, that's something I'm really trying to work in and trying to just be consistent with. Well, Joe, early returns on that offseason work, I would say you couldn't have hoped for much more. Well, congratulations on a phenomenal start tonight, a great start to the season. And thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. That was Pirates starter Joe Musgrove, a phenomenal outing from him. And, Jack, we talked about it before the game. I was excited to see this guy pitch. I like a lot of things about him. I love what you hear from him there about figuring out how to work in the offseason to reach his goals. Just an overall great performance by him tonight. You know, it's interesting. I'm going through these, uh, my uh, computer here and looking at different things and highlights of different games. And the Pirate-Reds game, the highlight is Sonny Gray, brilliant. Reds scoreless <laughs> streak continues and 2 nothing lost for the Pirates. And I thought to myself, this is the uh, – let me ask you a question. It was, was – who was the star of the game? I mean, the star of the game was Joe Musgrove, in my view. Sonny Gray was outstanding. Give him a lot of credit. But Joe Musgrove outpitched Sonny Gray tonight. That's my view. I, I, Jack, we talk about this. I come from the fan perspective on things, still being a fan of this team. Screw that headline. Screw that. This game was all about Joe Musgrove and what he did tonight. To say it was about anything other than that is overlooking the main story of the game. Joe Musgrove putting his foot down on this Reds team and getting the win nonetheless. How do you write anything other than that? Okay, now you asked me a question before I got into that because I was like, what is this? You know, give me a break. You know, you gotta, <laughs> if you can't give this guy credit for this outing tonight, he was, he was outstanding. You know, and like you said, didn't have his power fastball. But, man, did he use that slider effectively. He was outstanding, I thought. Oh, he looked just great. And then the he turns it over to the bullpen. Keone Kella, Felipe Vasquez, you can't ask for more than what you saw from those two guys as well. Well, that's how you drew it up. You know, I think if you thought through the whole course of the year, you said to yourself, if, if our starting pitchers can get us into the sixth inning of a ball game, then you have the seventh inning with a trio of guys there. You know, whether it's Rodriguez, whether it's Crick, or whoever else it might be, um, there'll be occasions when you have to do other things. But if you're going to draw it up, that's one of them. The other one is get us to seven, and then we turn it over to Kella and Vasquez, and it's Katie Bartador, and that's what we saw tonight. We want to take your calls on Pirates post game. The number is 412-928-9370. If you want to join the conversation, I believe we have Chuck in Uniontown on the line. Go ahead, Chuck. Good evening. Nice to be with you again. Thank you. Happy to have you. Yeah. I said last year that you're wondering how, how the team's going to do this year. I listed two main points said sustenance and relevance. Sustenance, they, had, they and particularly the pitching staff, had to sustain what they started last year. 
in through the first six games of the season. So, you know, it's a very small sample size, but they apparently have done that. But the other thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to win these games. Well, I mean, all 662 games are important, but they're going to have to sustain this during the meat of the season. What I mean is, like, for example, on a trip to Dodger Stadium, I don't think we've won in Dodger Stadium for about three years. They're going to have to do this in the meat of the season against some of the more powerful clubs in the league. The, the, the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Phillies, people like that. But it, it appears it appears that these pitchers have gotten off to a good start. And uh, we, ju- we just... Uh, we just hope it can continue, and we hope that there's enough hitting because these pitchers are going to run into a streak where they're not going to pitch well. I mean, over 162 games, it happens to everybody. We just hope there's enough hitting to balance it out. And the big thing is, got to get everybody healthy again. And health is a big thing. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us. Jack and I have talked about that. This team now... I think we talked before the game about overcoming injuries and how do you deal with it and moving guys all around. You see Colin Moran in left field. Now I, I sort of want to spin that narrative of a team that's overcoming that and not making excuses for themselves, Jack, just like their manager said in the pregame he wouldn't do. Well, it all starts, as we've been talking about, Steve talked about it on a broadcast. You heard Bob talking about it now. You're only as good as your next day starting pitcher. And what we're seeing out of this club right now is what they were hoping for, very effective starting pitching. And now when you think about it, you get into this scenario, and who pitches tomorrow for you? Trevor Williams. That's a pretty good one to follow up, wouldn't you say? And the other part of it is is if you can hold clubs down, like they're holding Cincinnati down right now, your defense is was pretty good tonight. You know, Gonzalez was very, very good. Kung was very good over there. And then you, you're able to keep yourself in ball games and you score a few runs here or there. Now, there'll be times when the pitching isn't quite as good. There'll be times when the other team scores runs and you're going to have to outscore them. There'll be times when you get a big offensive day. But for the most part, this club's built around pitching. And if you can play pretty good defense, you've got a chance to keep yourself in every ball game. Well, Jack, you mentioned the defense. That was the storyline for us coming into the game was Colin Moran out in left field. Coming up next, that's what I want to talk about. What you saw from Moran out there, there wasn't a lot of work, which I, I'm sure he was thrilled with. I'm sure Clint was thrilled with. But I want to talk about what we did see from him in the team being able to overcome, moving all these guys around and finding new places for them. That's all up next on Pirates Postgame, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Diving stop by the shortstop on the first. What a play! Eric Gonzalez! And from the top of the mound, Keone Kella doffs his cap to his shortstop. What a play by Eric Gonzalez to rob Tucker Barnhart starting the eighth inning. And that is tonight's Good Hands Defensive Play of the Day, brought to you by Roberto Clemente Jr. Family Insurance. Jack, we've been talking about the defense being an issue at times this year, but tonight it wasn't. And just like there are good nights and bad nights for different aspects of the game, if you worry about the defense at times, you got a good night out of them tonight, and that's all that matters for this game. 
You're talking about Gonzalez. Yes. Is that what you're saying? I'm talking about the defense yeah, well, sort of overall you know, having a solid game. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and it's going to start at that shortstop position. I mean, that's the guy. You saw this tonight, and yesterday he played a nice ball game as well. So, you know, you wonder early on when he had his little bit of struggles here or there, he made a bad throw, ball came out of his glove on a ball off the middle, a ball that should have been the double play ball. He didn't have a good feed to Frazier. And we said in these other shows that we had, you know, you, you can't panic. You know, there's something that they saw in this kid. He came highly touted. They were talking about this guy being a, uh elite defender. So you can't judge it on 32-degree days when it's, you know, you can make an argument whether you should be playing in this type of weather. But the point is you got to play the game. So here's a young kid that's, you know, kind of getting his feet on the ground here with a new organization, a new ball club. And, you know, it's going to start right there. I mean, if he continues to do what he did tonight and what he did yesterday, made some plays yesterday, off-balance throws, he showed acrobatic ability, and tonight was just a tremendous play. So, you know, if this is what they were hoping they would get, the way he's played the last two nights, and if this is going to continue, this is going to be a real plus for him. And Gung looks very comfortable over there at third base as well. We want to take your calls, too. I, I, I want to ask Jack about the big defensive question tonight coming into this game. Colin Moran, we'll get to that. But first, we ask for your calls at 412-928-9370. Mike in Newcastle is on the line. Mike, what would you like to talk about? Gentlemen, how you doing tonight? Good. Doing good, Mike. Um, oh, great. I wanted to talk about Eric Gonzalez. Uh, I, I sat through that five-inning uh, opening day game uh, and uh, watched Eric uh, commit probably one of the worst uh, games I ever saw a shortstop play in. I, believe me, I, anybody who would listen, I'm like, he had no business being there and stuff. And and obviously everybody uh, through the offseason said, oh, they should get this guy, they should get that guy. What are they doing with playing with this guy? But I'm giving a lot of credit to Eric Gonzalez now, uh, proving everybody we were wrong and he should be the shortstop of this team, making some uh, really great plays. He made some great plays on Wednesday, yesterday, and today. And really showing and uh, – uh, and and like I said, uh, when I made the call yesterday, Clint Hurdle uh, gave confidence to Rich Rodriguez, and he gave confidence now to Eric Gonzalez, sending him right back out there and not letting him do his thing. Mike, I agree. Gonzalez is an interesting case. And, Jack, I want to get your thoughts on this. Is there something to be said for this guy getting his first shot at being an everyday shortstop and trying to find his way through that? The one thing you don't know when you're on the outside looking in is personalities of some of these players. And sometimes guys just have to be comfortable. Sometimes guys are, you know, they have confidence, but they're with new people. It's a new surrounding for them. You just really don't know how guys are going to react. That's like at the trade deadline. You bring a guy over in July, I mean, at the end of July, to help you in August and September. There have been guys that come over that have carried clubs, and there have been guys that come over that just – play so-so baseball you know it's just it affects people differently and I think with Eric Gonzalez you have to believe the things that we've been hearing about him and you just have to say let's watch him play and I think you can see he's athletic you can see he's got range so it's just a matter of giving this kid enough time and and right now I think Clint has confidence in him the organization has confidence in him and he's their starting shortstop so you know he'll get to play himself in the lineup all the time, or he'll play himself out of the lineup, and we'll all see it. We'll take more of your calls at 412-928-9370, but I've been teasing to it. Jack, 
your thoughts on the first prof- the major league debut of Colin Moran as a left fielder tonight? Well, it was perfect. He had no balls hit to him except the one ball down <laughs> the left field line. Um, we, and I'll tell you the story, the game might've been Matt Kemp going after fly balls down the left field line, you know? So, you know, Matt Kemp isn't fleet footed and Matt Kemp clearly, uh, you know, looked like he lumbered over at a couple of those balls. So, you know, he's not a defensive whiz either. He's older now. And I think when you look at the idea, what they were trying to do tonight was get Moran in a lineup and just get that back going. But that was, that particular spot in the lineup had three strikeouts tonight. So didn't work out real well. But the best part of it is, is Musgrove pitched great, and there weren't any chances for him to, uh, to show us exactly what he is. The highlight of the game, you mentioned Joe Musgrove. Highlight of the game brought to you by High Tech Auto Care, for me, was just watching Joe Musgrove pitch. It, he was phenomenal out there. But one more note on Colin Moran there. Bob Walk and I were talking before we came on the air, and you mentioned that one ball that was hit to him by Suarez in the second inning. And I said to Bob, was that a ball that your average left fielder gets to? And he mentioned to me, it's something I didn't notice, that they were really fading Moran towards center field. So he had a lot down the line. So even that one play... If any other left fielder is out there and they have him that far over, he's probably not making that play either. So Moran's one play, a play he wouldn't get to, most guys wouldn't get to, that has to be a win for them that that's all they saw from him defensively tonight. Yeah, I mean, the perfect scenario, I think if you're Clint, you're saying, uh, you know, let's hope we get a really good start of our starting pitcher and let's, you know, let's hope that he catches the ball he can catch and he throws the ball that he can get to. He even talked about making sure he hit the cutoff man, but – he wasn't challenged tonight, and that was a good thing. We had no, we have no idea what kind of left fielder he's going to be. Uh, so at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. They won a ball game. Uh, you know, they're one day closer to getting their their injured guys healthy. And that's probably the biggest takeaway from this is just that they made it through today with the patchwork lineup or roster overall because of these injuries, and they got a win. What more can you hope for at this point? I would agree. One other thing I had asked Bob Walk about earlier, and I don't know where you stand on it. We've talked about in the pregame show this Reds lineup not living up to expectations, but they face the Pirates a bunch. It's like it feels like a chicken and an egg sort of question to me. Is is it the Reds lineup? Is it the Pirates pitching? Where do you come down on that? It's probably a little bit of both. I mean, you got to believe that this Reds club is going to be a better hitting club than they're showing right now, and you got to believe that. In one way, I would I give all the credit in the world to the pirate pitching. In uh, another part of me says this is great. You know, you caught you caught a club when they're not swinging the bats very well, and clearly the pitching is responsible for some of that. But then the other part of it is, you know, they don't have a big bat in the lineup. You mentioned it. You know, Scooter Jeanette not being a piece of their club right now. That's just the way it is. I mean, injuries are part of the game. Slow starts are part of the game. Winkler's a young kid that they liked after last year, but, you know, he's, you know, he's half a season in the big league. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what they are. Uh, The expectations for them are high in terms of an offensive club, but I don't know. I mean, we'll have to wait. We'll have to let it play itself out, but I give credit to the pirate pitching. They've done a good job. They've done what they had to do. Well, on the offensive side of things tonight, we've talked a lot about Adam Frazier so far to start the year. Just one for four. He was one for four, I believe, last night as well. But hitting the ball hard and then comes up with that RBI tonight. How impressed are you by are you by him early on this season? 
Well, impressed. I've always been impressed with him. I mean, early on when he first came up, I said, wow, this guy's got a nice swing. He's easy. He's, he's, he really is quiet at the plate. There's not a lot of motion in there. It's the bat, bat head to the ball. It's a very, very nice swing. And the question was, where is he going to play? Well, now he's got a position to play. He's batting the top of the lineup, and he's producing like you would hope he would produce. It probably, even the expectations are probably, he's doing more than what you would expect. But he's a nice-looking hitter. I'm glad he's their second baseman, and it's going to be fun to watch this kid throughout the year. Sticking with that offense a little bit, one thing that I found interesting and really enjoyed, I don't know what you thought about it, the eighth inning starts off, bunt, 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 Chuck Gonzalez, and then, or no, sorry, two bunts back-to-back, just from the two of them before Cabrera lines out. It's that small ball mentality I feel like at times this team's going to have to win off of. Well, if you're Chuck, You've got to do anything you can to keep yourself in a lineup, to get yourself on base, to do something when you're technically a guy that wasn't even going to be on the ball club. So, you know, you're a journeyman guy. You've been around. You get a chance to play in the big leagues. i got to do whatever I can. He's got a skill set. You know, we talked about it in the post-pregame show. You know, he was a college pitcher at Ohio State. He was a good hitter. He could have been drafted either way. So he's athletic. Um and then you turn around on a sacrifice bunt, which Gonzalez put down. They just didn't make the play. So at the end of the day, it's a misplay by them, sacrifice bunt. They don't get anybody at second base. And now you've got first and second. It sets the stage. Well, one more play I want to ask you about and get your thoughts on are, or is the Marte getting thrown out at home that we talked to Bob Walk about earlier. We heard his thoughts on it. Marte, I feel like, gets the reputation of not always having his head in the game, which is something that the Pirates talked to him about this offseason. They wanted to take that next step. What did you make of the play, him looking like running on contact on that bell ground out where he got thrown out at the plate then? Yeah, and I don't know what he saw. You know, and Bob's explanation of it is right. You know, if, if you're coming home on a, on a ball hit directly at the second baseman, and you know you're going to be out, then maybe a guy like Marte who can run and is athletic can get himself in a rundown and hope to get the guy to second base. You know, in, in that scenario, uh, I'm not sure how he read it, but at the end, if he continues to go, he would clearly be safe. But, you know, it's hindsight right now. And in terms of Marte, you know, you do see those uh, things here or there. You know, it's just, it's just the way Marte is. And every player has a skill set. Every single player has a mental part of the game. Every single player has an instinct, instinctual part of the game. And every guy's different. And you'd like them all to be perfect. You'd like them never to make a mistake. You'd like them all to have the instincts of Pete Rose, you know, the hustle of, of Pete Rose or the hitting ability of George Brett. You know, it just isn't that way. So guys are different. What you want to do is minimize mistakes and take advantage of what they do well. And hopefully that you, if you have a combination of that in your ball club, then you're going to perform well. Something we've heard Clint Hurdle talk about already this year is the idea of free bases. He defines it as any time a guy moves 90 feet without the ball being put in play. We saw two of those from the Reds, two wild pitches in the bottom of the seventh inning where the Pirates got things going offensively. What do you think it means to this offense that they may not have the big boppers or the ability right now with the way things are to put up the big numbers, but to be able to grind it out and come through for their guy, Joe Musgrove, who had just given them every opportunity to win this game to that point. And a guy like Barnhart will tell you, and, and Cervelli will tell you the other day too, that so, those balls have to be blocked. The one went right through Barnhart's legs. You know, he, he didn't get down quick enough, and he left himself an opening where the ball went between his legs. That just can't happen. You're the catcher. That's your job you got a breaking ball in the dirt. You have to block that ball. 
The toughest one to block if you're a catcher is the fastball, especially a real moving fastball because it's so quick and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a, um, a bounce. A, a, throw a curveball, you know the ball hits and comes back the other way. It, it just it's an easier pitch to block, and tonight that didn't happen. But anytime you can get your guys up an extra base, you either eliminate a double play or you put your guy in scoring position. You're just giving yourself ninety to be ninety feet closer to the plate, which makes it that much more easier to score a run. So those are positives. You have to take advantage of of anything that a club gives you, and tonight the Pirates did that. Talking about scoring those runs, no home runs hit tonight. The home run report is brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Up next on Pirates Post Game, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. We'll hear from Clint Hurdle and break down more of tonight's game. Craig Riley and Jack Zarensic bringing it to you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. And now Gung with a line drive toward left field. That's going to get down. The runner, Bell, is headed toward third. Joey Cora going to wave him home. Kemp's throw toward the cutoff man is not good, and Bell will score without a throw, and the Pirates take a 1-0 lead in the seventh on a Jung-Ho Gung double to left. And that plays enough for us to name Jung-Ho Gung our most valuable hitter of the night. Brought to you by Monongahela Valley Hospital, putting your health first. Great to see that lineup come through for Joe Musgrove and give him what he needed to get the win tonight. I know Joe would have felt good about his start regardless, but I'm sure, Jack, it always feels just that little bit sweeter when you get one in the win column as well. Sure it does. You know, you always love to have that happen to you. You know, Craig, one other thing we're talking about, you talk about all these injuries that go on, go, going on. You see, I don't know if you saw this tonight, where Brett Cecil, the reliever for the Cardinals, is going to have carpal tunnel surgery. New York Yankees lost Troy Tulowitzki tonight with a calf injury. And then you think about Corey Knebel in this division. And then the Reds lost one of their top pitching prospects, Hunter Green, who's going to undergo Tommy John surgery. You know, it just goes on and on and on. You know, Oakland lost Matt Olson, you know, their first baseman, to a broken right hand. You know, so when you talk about injuries and how you have to fill voids, you know, it goes throughout baseball. So it's just something that everybody in baseball has to deal with. You have to get creative. And you just hopefully that if you can stay healthy, that is helps you in a long way going on to, uh, you know, be the best club you could possibly be. And injuries will tr- will detract from that. Well, Jack, this was something I was actually going to get to a little bit later, but it plays off that perfectly. There, It's still very early in the season and a lot of overreactions to things. I'm guilty of it as a fan of being totally irrational at times. The Pirates now have worked their way back to 3-3 three and three after getting very worried to start the year. But you look around the league, and we talked about this in the pregame, if panic starts to set in for those teams that have the high expectations of a World Series, the Boston Red Sox were a team we pointed out. They are now two and seven, Jack, to start the year. A fifteen to eight loss to the Diamondbacks tonight. What do you think it feels like in Boston? Let, let's put our let's put ourselves in the shoes of the pre and post game hosts up there. What are they hearing right now? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because I guarantee you, you know, as we said, in the, as you and I were talking about in the pregame show, if you're Boston, you know, you could look around and say. This isn't going to sustain itself. We know the type of club we have. We know we just won a World Series. We know we were the best club in baseball. 
we'll get back to playing good baseball. It's just, you know, you just got to go out and play. And it's um, early in the year. Guys go through all kind of different things. You're coming out, It affects everybody a little bit differently. You're coming out of spring training. You know, you've got 75, 80, 85-degree weather down there. You're going into Boston. It's freezing. You're going into Oakland, you know, where it's cool and damp at night. You know, there's just so many different factors that tie into it. So, at the end, you know, that's why you play a long season. That's why it's a six-month season. You know, it is, it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. So if you can sustain yourself from injuries here or there, you can hold your head above water, get everybody healthy, put your whole club together, then that's where you can really tell, judge the clubs. The interesting thing about all of this, though, are the injuries within this division. Um, just the Reds, for, for instance, you know, their, their all-star second baseman is out for a while. Brett Cecil now, one of the top lefties for the Cardinals in this division, is out. Osuna left the other game the other day. He's getting checked. Corey Knable, this division, is out. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it just it, it has affected the other clubs. And then you look at Pittsburgh. You know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're very fortunate you're getting this kind of pitching because they need it to keep them in ballgames. In talking about that pitching, we're going to hear from manager Clint Hurdle now. He opened up talking about the guy who's the storyline for us this game, Joe Musgrove, in those first pitch strikes he was throwing. You know, you've heard it before, the best, best pitch in baseball is strike one. And, and strike one against a team that every game these guys aren't doing things they're capable of doing just means there's going to be an explosion. And for Joe to go out and, and get strike one and then the mix, uh, the spin tonight, whether it was the curveball, the slider, kind of just showed his fastball throughout the night uh, the change up. The other three pitches were big players for him. Slider, he might have thrown 30 times. The curveball, the last two innings that he was out there, he was also spinning that. The combination of that and then some quick outs, three pitches or less, I think a dozen times. Only a couple, three, maybe four three-ball counts. So ahead, aggressive, hunting outs. Hunting contact, and then he gets eight punch outs on the other side of it because he's making pitches that are looking like strikes out of the hand that are ending up in really good spots. But, um, what was it about that you noticed with Vasquez coming in that you felt comfortable after he had through 25 night before pitching back to back? He felt good. I think cold weather gives you, can get you a break. We want to get him in some rhythm. Um, said he was good to go. There's times you get to trust, you just trust guys. And I think that was a big help for him tonight to go out and then be efficient, top part of the order. Casale's tough on left-handed pitching. Votto's tough on everybody. And then uh, to finish up with, with Puig, um, he put a statement on it. Keone before him put a statement on it, got back in a good rhythm. We played really good defense in the eighth. Um, overall, the, the pitching and defense stood out, and we were opportunistic on offense late. I think Gray was, was pretty good, too. How was he different than the guy that you saw on Sunday? Oh, it's a completely different cat. I mean, this is the guy that you game plan for. This is the guy that did all the big-time pitching in Oakland. Um, fastball downhill playing, and not a big guy stature, but he was getting the fastball down. He was keeping it low, and the breaking ball, curveball, was a factor tonight for him. Uh, the curveball, whether it was chase or for strikes, it was just great late tilt to it, really good late tilt. We weren't, we weren't you know, it was a very hard. I mean, there was no hard contact, really. Uh, not a whole lot of hard hard contract until we were able to scratch that run in the seventh. 
Quinn's speaking scratch and runs. How important is it now to try to push things on the things that you did? I mean, Josh scores first, he needs a couple bumps, set up another run. How important is that at the moment? It's always important when you're not slugging. And I think one of the, the good characteristics we're trying to build here is that we can win different ways. And if you have a team that uh, the strength is a pitching, you're always going to be in the hunt. You're always going to be in the game. The games you don't hit, you're going to have to find ways to scratch some runs out, especially when their guy shows up and pitches effectively as he did. So we were opportunistic late as far as putting some, some, some men in motion, just getting them moving, Josh to score. We took some chances on contact plays. We hit balls right at people. If we can hit another step to the left or right, maybe we get a, we, we steal a run there. Um, but it was a well-played game on both sides, really defensively. What about Adam Frazier in that eighth inning that eight? Well, he stays in on a tough left-hander and was able to find the chalk down there to you know, stripe a ball down the line. Um, we've said all along that he's been a guy that doesn't give much against left-handed pitching. Zach Duke's a very experienced professional lefty that's been tough on left-handers. And he was able to stay in and, and get enough of it. And, you know, what was the old saying? You hit him where they ain't. You mentioned the defense, but Eric Gonzalez in particular showed that made that one diving raging deep play to, um, in the middle of the, what, that sixth inning there? Uh, that would have been with, with uh, Keone on the mound, so it would have been the eighth. The backhand play laid out. As good a play as you'll see a shortstop make. Very, very fun to watch. Very athletic. How would you grade Moran in last night? He didn't have many plays. So, you know, somebody asked me, well, the one ball that was hit, you know, that Suarez got a double. So, yeah, if you're faster, you might die for it. And the guy might get a triple. I, I don't know. I mean, if we're gonna, I'm not here to pick at things. I'm not going to pick at things. I like the fact that he wanted to go out there to help us in a time of need with a left fielder down that we've got. And his bat didn't show up tonight, it will, but to give us that option out there. And I don't know how many years you've been here, but I've been here nine years, and I've watched a host of left fielders go out there. At times you'd say, can we just please hit the ball, that guy? And you don't, it doesn't happen. So you never know until you take the chance and find out what you got. And as I said earlier, something goes haywire out there. It's on me. Don't look at, don't look at Moran. Uh, he's willing to take this step for us and for the team. So it's something we talked about. And, you know, their comment, well, put him in right field because it's a smaller space. Yeah, there's a wall. Put him somewhere where he can just run and be on the side of the diamond that he's been playing on for five years. So we'll see how it goes. Yes, sir. Coming at the meeting RBI in the seventh uh, on his birthday, do you have any words to yeah, we're not sure. He's got two birthdays. So, you know, he, he's got a May 9th birthday. He's got today as a birthday. We ask him if today's birthday is the day that he tells everybody what he wants for his next birthday. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to fix, figure it out. But if he's going to hit, you know, game-winning RBIs on his birthday, we'll give him 25 more of them throughout the season. <laughs> he's always dangerous at the plate. And I, I think he's just continuing to work. The defense is showing up. He's getting a swing off. He was a run producer when he was here for us before, and we, we, we believe he'll be a run producer again. Big swing tonight. Do you have an answer which birthday it was, though? We're working through things. <laughs> Tonight's break of the game is brought to you by Leon's Billiards and more in Wexford or online at leonsbilliards.com. To me, it's what you heard from Clinton Hurdle there. The break of the game is that Colin Moran just didn't see much in left field, and they sort of got away with putting him out there tonight, Jack. 
Yeah, it's and like Clint said, you know, he he gives the guy credit for wanting to go out there and help his club, knowing that he's that's not who he is. He's not a left fielder, but hey, I got a chance to swing the bat tonight. I got a chance to get in the ball game, and at the end of the day, it's a blessing that there weren't any challenges out there for him. You know, because difficult plays, let's be realistic, probably would be a real challenge for him. But at the end of the day, that didn't happen. They got away with a win, and we'll see what happens. Before I get into more of what we heard from Clint Hurdle there. How about that overall tone of how a Clint Hurdle press conference ends there, Jack? A pretty happy guy, you have to think, right now with what he's seeing from his pitching staff. You think? Yeah. Exactly <laughs> right, Greg. I mean, he's got to be a happy guy. You're there with him every day, so, you know, you, you fill me in on how he reacts from different questions here or there. But you're right. He's, uh, he should be happy. It was a good win tonight. Uh, just the joking around about the gung birthday stuff there at the end. It has to be so easy to sit there and answer questions after your team makes it easy on you to be the manager of them. And one of the things that he was talking about that I really liked was Musgrove's off-speed stuff being as good as it was and making quick work and staying out of deep counts. I think that's something we've seen from a lot of the staff so far this year is their ability to be efficient. Well, you said this, I believe, earlier in the show. Um, 18 of 22 first pitch strikes. That's yep. pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So, um, and like they said for years, the best pitch in baseball, strike one. Because now you're in charge. You, you're dictating how that, how that uh, hitter is going to be approached. So, you know, you pitch behind an account, you're always setting yourself up for trouble. Because hitters are going to sit on your pitches. You're going to have to make good pitches to try to get out of a jam that you might have put yourself in. But when you can stay head in the count, you control what that hitter can do during any individual at-bat. And something else they have to be happy with is you look around Major League Baseball, and it's one of those narratives of guys don't pitch like they used to. They don't pitch as many innings. They don't throw as many pitches in a game. They don't go as deep into games. You look down this rotation right now, Jamison Tyone, has the only guy with two starts. He's pitched 13 innings between the two of them. Musgrove, one start, pitched seven innings. Trevor Williams went six innings. Jordan Lyles goes five innings. Hurdle pulled him just to get him out with it being his first start and starting the year a little banged up. Lyles wanted to go back out. And then Chris Archer, one of the guys you're really turning to just the five innings. But what does it mean to the team to see their starters this early in the season already going this deep into games? And I think a couple of those, outside of Archer, I think he had the high pitch count where he was 99 pitches, so that's why Clint took him out. But I believe um, both Tyon and uh, Williams were around 80 pitches, I think mm -hmm. 80 and 83 pitches when he took him out. So they could have gone longer. But, again, it's earlier in the year. You've got to get guys in the ball game. There's off days. So you've got to keep everybody sharp the best you can, and you've got to give your bullpen a chance to pitch. So when this, when this starting staff, if it settles in, and, and it's hard to say they're going to be able to do what they're doing now. I mean, this is an incredible run. But if they're an effective pitching staff that can get you into six innings a lot of nights, seven innings on occasion, and every once in a while you might get an eighth inning out of a guy, as you stated earlier in the show, Craig, with this bullpen, you know, that's how you're writing it up, and that's how you hope it plays out for you. Well, Jack, we almost made a bet on the pregame show about whether or not Colin Moran would finish this game in left field. I wouldn't take any of your action on that one. We did not see him finish the game. You were right about that in left field. So I'll propose another one to you. What are the odds we see Colin Moran back in left field tomorrow? Who's, pitch who's pitching for the Reds tomorrow? Tomorrow's pitching matchup is Tanner Roark. 
I don't know. So you got I'm another righty. Man, so I'm going to leave it up to you. You're the guy that uh, in, enjoys that. I, that's, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see tomorrow. Who knows? Clint's going to say night, day game after night game. I, I don't know how he's going to think about this. Maybe if I had to bet, you know, he might give the young that's what start, I, you know. That would be my bet. We heard Clint Hurdle talk in the pregame about wanting to get everybody a start before this homestand wraps up. Jason Martin is here. We talked about that. Kyle Crick on the IL. Martin is here. He's been here since yesterday, so it's not like he's still getting settled. My bet is we see Jason Martin in the outfield tomorrow, which will be exciting to see another young guy come up. Defensively has all the tolls from everything we've been told. I mean, we haven't gotten to see a ton of him or any of him, really. And then we'll see what the back can do tomorrow. So I'm excited about that as we look ahead. Well, I got to eat my words because I, I bet you, I said, I guarantee you, you're going to see Jason Martin Martin in the outfield tonight. What I forgot about was you had Pablo Reyes, you know, to go out there and play. So my bad. See, I was going to let that go and just say you were right to call him a ram, wasn't going to finish the game, but you're too honest of a guy. Who was your pick <laughs> to click, by the way? Marte. Starling Marte. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I took uh, Musgrove, and I knew that was a good pick when I picked him. <laughs> <laughs> you just told me I was an honest guy, right? <laughs> I may have to go back and listen to the tape on that one. <laughs> no, I tell you, I, took, uh, I said Colin Moran was my pick tonight. I said he's going to Well, you know what? He clicked in the outfield for them about as, as well as you could have hoped. I'm giving you credit for that one still. Jack. I, I'm an easy defense, grader. I grade on a curve. That's right. Hey, hey he played flawless <laughs> defense, so there you go. Well, that wraps it up for us on Pirates Postgame, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. For myself and Jack Zarensic, we thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 1210 airtime as we get you ready for Trevor Williams and Tanner Roark, Pirates Reds. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.